You're listening to a podcast from Bayside Church International. Good morning, my name's Erin Leslie and said, in a minute I'm going to start with a video clip, um, but I want to give you a little background first. So one day um, I was sitting down with Rob and he was encouraging me to start writing down um, stories and thoughts and yeah, things that might become one day sermons or sermon illustrations. So last week I dragged Mark to the movie I Feel Pretty. Don't pick on him for it. It's really not his fault. The only thing he's guilty of is loving me a whole lot. (laughs) Um, But after the movie, I turn to Mark, and I'm like, whoa, Mark, there's at least two moments in that movie that I'm going to use in a sermon one day. And Mark's looking at me like, all right, honey, let's get you home. (laughs) But I was thinking, wow, um, So here we are. Today is that day. Um, You'll see a little bit of the youth pastor in me come out, but we'll just start with that clip, please. I have a crazy idea. Let's be honest for a minute. No matter how many times we hear, it's what's on the inside that matters. Women know deep down, it's what's on the outside that the whole world judges. You okay? I'm just like dealing with low self-esteem and like... I want to punch you right in your dumb face right now. Do you have every rib that I have? I've been on all of these sites. No one even looks at the profile. They only care about the picture. And I'm sick of it. I've always wondered what it feels like to be just undeniably pretty. Are you okay? You hit your head pretty hard. another all right (laughs) all right so this movie is about a girl named Renee and Renee is your typical young adult so she's in her probably mid-20s she's got some self-esteem issues she's got a curvy body type she's got some normal flaws normal young adult issues trying to get into that dating scene and she's trying to work out Um, and so she's working out when she hits her head a pretty bad hit But once she hits her head, she sees herself differently. That's me! She's both exclaiming and also questioning. When she begins to see herself differently, it changes how she sees herself and how she limits herself. You see, before Renee hit her head in the movie, there's this scene where she's looking at a job description for a receptionist job at her company's head office. And as she reads the job description, she's checking off the boxes. Yeah, I can do that, I'm organized. I can do that, I'm administrative. Yep, I can do that. Confident, no. This, no. The list goes on. There's a bunch of no's that follow. She closes her laptop. We're just done with that. Not gonna look at that anymore. Probably I can't do that. But once she's hit her head, she sees herself differently. And so then she takes on the interview and she takes it on with confidence. She's no longer limited, and she pretty much owns that interview. They're a little bit like, why are you here? And she's like, I'm made for this. (laughs) So what she saw herself capable of before had limits, 
and now she doesn't feel limited in that. It's opened up her possibility. She now believes that she's capable of anything, that she doesn't have any more limits like she did before, and she begins to approach life with this attitude, and it completely changes the way she relates to the world. With this, we see this character, Renee, become unlimited where she was limited before. Um, and she makes life choices that she wouldn't have made before because she wouldn't have thought that she could do it. So even though this is a very, obviously, secular movie, I think possibly it still understands some God principles. Did you know that nearly every top-grossing movie in the world has biblical principles in them? So this movie illustrates how we can limit oneself, but also how we can be unlimited. Renee's new perspective of herself changes her limits. So let me ask you this. If we change how we see ourselves, if we begin to see ourselves how God sees us, does that change our limits? See, when she looks in the mirror, she says, that's me, and she doesn't believe who she really is. So let's talk about a limit for a second. Limits are everywhere. You had to obey a speed limit just to get to church this morning which I'm sure every single one of you did, right? Those of you with sports cars, motorcycles, Alex, Mal, Don, did we obey the speed limit this morning? (laughs) A limit is a restriction on the size or amount of something permissible or possible. When I was younger, I remember when we did speeches, um, and I was that kid that shook, that sat there with my cards like this and shook. That was me. Jay says that was her too. So if you'd asked me then what I would do, when I was older, preaching, not on that list. <laughs> sure, maybe Jay could say the same. <laughs> but here we are. So it was a limit that I could have limited myself with, but God is bigger than that. A limit is like a box, and we have a box for ourselves. We have limits, um, those things that we think we're capable or incapable of. And some of those things might be legitimate. You see, I am a human being, and I am limited to being a human being. Um, I don't think there's any way that I could change that limit to become a duck. (laughs) 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 No. (laughs) But where I say, I cannot do this, God says, yes, you can. Where I say, I am not confident enough, God says, yeah, you are. Where I say, I am limited, God says, no, mate, you're limitless. So Ephesians 2.10 is the first scripture we're going to look at. It says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God calls us his workmanship. And a workmanship is the degree of skill with which a product is made or a job is done. It's the quality imparted into a thing in the process of making. So if we think of like an artist with their craftsmanship, something they declare to be their masterpiece, um, artists usually take a a lot of pride in their work. Most often they won't even show it to anyone until they're done, until they're ready to reveal it. People travel from around the world to see the Sistine Chapel by Michelangelo. This is one of the world's most renowned pieces of art. And it's pretty amazing. Have you stood in the Sistine Chapel? trying to take it all in. Um, The most famous part of that being God's creating of Adam, where God and Adam are touching fingers. But that's one minuscule piece 
of an entire ceiling. That's just one little bit of an amazingly beautiful and multifaceted piece of art. I was only about 15 or 16 when I saw it, so I don't know that I truly understood it for all it's worth, but I do remember standing there trying to take it all in, trying to capture that mental picture, because um, I wasn't allowed to take a real picture, and thinking, I'm probably never gonna be back here again, so I really need to capture this. But if you ask my husband about the experience, he will tell you that it's so beautiful and so inspirational that he just stood there and wept. I wanna tell you today that you are God's Sistine Chapel. God is saying to you, I have put all of my skill into you. I have imparted quality when making you. I put all that intricacy into you. And I don't make crap. <laughs> Classy, right? You're my renowned piece of work for the world to see. And I want the world to see you. Hannah, Leslie, Matt, you are my intricate masterpiece. You are quality. You are beautiful. In Genesis 1.27, says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God says that we're created in his image. We were created to reflect God. But God is perfection. And we were created to reflect him. We're created to reflect perfection. So that shows, tells me that we are perfect if we look at ourselves with God's eyes. With human eyes, we're fat, short, bald. <laughs> that was in my notes already. That was in my notes already. <laughs> Maybe we're not pretty enough. Um, Maybe our skin is imperfect. But in God's eyes, we are perfect. Why would God design us to reflect him if he wanted us to be limited? You build something to reflect what you want it to be. We look at Philippians 4.13. It says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through him. Who gives me strength? God tells us that through him, we are not limited. Because with him, we can do anything. He doesn't leave, in, leave us hanging. I can do everything. There is no limit. Because God's there to carry us through. So God doesn't limit us, but we do limit ourselves. When we choose to believe the lies, instead of seeing, like Renee did, the, oh my gosh, that's me! So let's talk about this video clip for a second because I think that there's also a second application there today. Just like Renee limited herself, and I think we can all relate to that, we also limit God based on how we see him. So we make up rules or a box again and we limit this limitless God. We put him in this box. Have you ever auditioned for a school play, a sports team? Maybe you've interviewed for a job and they've passed you up for someone else. Think about how disappointing that feeling is when you know that somebody's just limited you. You know you can do it. You know you're made for that sports team. You know you're made for that play. You know that you're made for that job. 
and they've said no and limited you. They haven't seen past what you can be, your full potential, and sometimes we do that to God. We say, no God, you can't be that. No God, you can't do that. I was particularly excited about this sermon because we just came out on a series on Jesus Revealed through the Miraculous and a prophetic weekend with Adam Thompson. And I think that these are two major areas. They're not limited to these two areas, but they're two big areas that I think a lot of people end up limiting God. When we see our God differently, he becomes limitless. The miraculous and the prophetic just happen to be two areas where God often shows us how limitless he is. So when we change our view of God, it changes how we see his limits. God is limitless. He always was limitless. But he's also limited. Not because he limits himself, but because we put that box around God. So for me, hugely, I limit God with disbelief. And honestly, that's where this sermon began. You see, for four years, I sat in four sermons a week. Twice a week in chapel, Friday nights as a youth leader, Sundays at church. So you would think after all of that church, I would have heaps of one-liners, inspirational messages, sermon notes that I'm just never going to forget. I remember two. (laughs) The first was the time our 80-something-year-old professor preached a sermon titled, How to Have the Best Sex. (laughs) Spoiler alert, that sermon was actually on healthy relationships and marriages. But to a room full of young adults, boy, did that get our attention. Everyone wanted to be in chapel that day. And this, disbelief limits a limitless God. And it struck me to my core. Because I realized that disbelief was how I limited God. Maybe I should have started with that, caught your attention all at the beginning. (laughs) I believe God can use Chad, Rachel, to heal. But he won't heal through me. And honestly, I don't know if I want him to. What happens if he does? Fear. Another limiter. I believe that God can heal someone else in the church. It's not going to happen for me. Why would God heal me? I believe God uses Jay, Georgina, Alex, even my husband to speak prophetically to others. But you know, I'm just not sure if I could ever give a prophetic word. What things do you limit God with? I believe God died for sin, for salvation, but I don't believe he can forgive me. I have too much sin. That was a nice story in church about financial provision for that family, but I'm drowning in financial hardship, and I don't trust God to provide for me. I'm afraid to tithe. What if I can't afford to live, and I've tithed, and God doesn't come through? I believe God's protected me over and over again. I did some stupid crap in my youth and young adult years and God protected me but you know I'm not sure if he will protect my child head and heart are two different things what we believe in our head is not always the same as what we believe in our heart and even though we know a lot of these things to be true that God does heal he heals through me that God can use anyone for the prophetic that God's salvation is for everyone that God will provide all of our needs doesn't mean because we believe it up here that we believe it in here These are both things that limit God and limit ourselves because one 
I'm saying God can't. God's power has limits. Two, I'm saying God can't be limitless through me. Jesus says to his disciples before his death, you will do greater things than I. Jesus had limited time on earth. He only had a few years to live, to walk on the earth, to perform miracles. At just 33 years young when he died, he was pretty young. He hadn't lived a full lifetime. And you could say that that was a limit on God. He was limited in time. He didn't have more time on earth to do these things. But he wasn't limited in time. This was only the beginning because he chooses to use every one of us. He says to his disciples, you will do greater things than I. An unlimited God takes limited people and shows them just how unlimited they are. An unlimited God takes limited people and shows them just how unlimited you are. An unlimited God can do anything. So let's look at that scripture I was talking about before. John 14, 8 to 14. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answers, probably quite dumbfounded, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Philip had a really limited view of God. Because he says to God, or Jesus, sorry, he says to Jesus, show us the Father. And after all that time he spent walking with Jesus, Jesus still has to explain to him, Philip, don't you get it? After all this time with me, I am the Father. I am in him, and he is in me. And if you don't believe that, he says, he says, look at the works. Look at the things that I have done. Look at those miracles. And then he tells him that you will do even greater things than I. Philip can't do that on his own, though. That's only through Jesus. So even though God's time on earth was limited, he remains unlimited because he uses us to do that for him. And when we change our view, we change the way we see God, change the way we relate to God. Without preaching an entire other sermon, I want to comment that limiting also links to faith. Because Faith is the act of having complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Where that confidence in ourselves or trust in God is lacking, we limit him. And possibly, you just need to start with a baby step today. Faith as small as a mustard seed. 
I actually meant to bring one, but it, it's fine. You wouldn't have been able to see it anyway. Matthew 17, 20, he replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? No? They're pretty small. My youth pastor gave me one once, and I was like, oh, I don't want to lose this. I put it in my pocket. I lost it in my own pocket. Pretty small. (laughs) The Bible says you don't need very much faith, just a little bit to move mountains. So just want you to ponder that. You possibly need only a little bit of faith to stop limiting God. I remember thinking that getting closer to God was scary. I wanted God in controlled portions, happy meal God. An uncontrolled God can be scary, so let's have a happy meal God. Um, But Chad was speaking recently about how feasts would go on for days in biblical times. And sometimes you can't order a happy meal. Sometimes you get a feast. An uncontrolled God might ask you, might ask me to move to Australia. He could ask you to go up to a stranger and talk to them. An uncontrolled God might ask you to share about him with a coworker. He could ask you to forgive a family member. He could ask you to believe that he is good after you've lost someone. To believe that he's holding you and that he's there with you when you feel alone in the world. To limit God as comfortable because I can mold God into whoever I want him to be. Whoever I want to be comfortable with. But when I start to see God for who he really is, I have to be comfortable with an uncontrolled, unrestrained, unlimited God. It's a little bit scary, but it's actually really amazing. We see examples of this heaps of times in the Bible too. People that try and control God, they want their Happy Meal version, and then later on realize, no, having the whole God is so much better. I think Moses had some pretty amazing encounters with God. And he sees such a limitless God so many times. I mean, God appears to him in a burning bush, or in Exodus 4, 1 to 17, God shows Moses so many signs. His staff turns into a snake. He turns the Nile into blood. And then God uses the plagues to show again that he's unlimited. The trouble is, Moses continuously doubts and needs God to show him over and over again who he is. Finally, we see that Moses does get it, but the Egyptians are, we'll call them stubborn. Rob told me I couldn't say stupid. (laughs) But every time it gets hard, they want to turn back to Egypt, and they keep trying to limit God. Everything about the gospel really screams to us that God is limited. I mean, firstly, let's talk about a virgin birth. Or raising from the dead. I mean, Jesus' sole existence, which is prophesied throughout the Old Testament, even before he came to be, was to bring us salvation, to bring us back into relationship with him. Virgin's births, raising from the dead, I mean, those things don't really happen as a part of our day-to-day life, not unless God intervenes. But they happen through a limitless God. 
only a limitless God could find a way to save us from sin and the eternity we really deserve. So again, like I mentioned, we came out of a series on Jesus revealed through the miracles. And I'm not going to rehash every miracle. You've just heard seven of them. And if you missed them, they're online, so you can catch up. But every time God performed one of these miracles, every time Jesus performed one of these miracles, he shows us, I have no limits. I have no limits. I'd never seen a healing miracle until my first year at Bible college. We were in chapel, and the preacher wanted to pray for someone with eye problems. One of the guys in my class was legally blind, um, and so the, the preacher just kept praying for him and praying for him and pressing in, and as he continued to pray, he began to see better. That summer, I went on a missions trip with my youth group. We had an evangelist doing some healing that night, and she healed my friend. My friend um, had always sort of hid her hand and limped, and I never really understood why. And what I found out after this was that she'd been in a car accident when she was little, and it had stunted her growth. So one of her legs was a bit shorter and one of her hands was a bit smaller. And her hand grew to a proper size and her leg grew so that she would walk properly. Every time we witness the miraculous, we experience a limitless God. Every time someone gives a prophetic word that only God could have whispered to them, he is again limitless. When we change our perspective of God, when we change our perspective of ourselves, to see ourselves through God's eyes, it changes everything without changing anything. I think that probably could have almost been a second title. Sometimes they release movies in like Canada and Australia with different movie titles. Like you guys know Suddenly 30, we call it 13 going on 30. So it's like the Australian and the Canadian version of the sermon. Limiting a limitless God or change everything without changing anything. See, God hasn't changed. God was always the same. He's always been that limitless God. He is that limitless God. And he will always be that limitless God. But when we change our perspective and what we see as limited becomes unlimitless, it changes everything without changing anything. God's definition of us hasn't changed, but when our perspective changes, we're different. We can do more than we thought we could before. We're able to move beyond those restrictions and boundaries. And God doesn't put those on us, we put them on ourselves. Or maybe the world, but it's God's opinion that really counts. So I want to challenge you um, today to ponder what it is that makes you limit God and to change your perspective so that you can know a limitless God. Because a limitless God is pretty exciting. He does immeasurably more with us, through us, than we could ever dream or imagine. get you all to stand to your feet.
for two groups of people today. The first group is those who limit themselves. You see yourself in a certain way. But you need to start seeing yourself through God's eyes. You don't have to be limited anymore. You can start seeing yourself how God sees you. So as we're praying, I want you to ask God to reveal to you in your heart what limit you have put on yourself. And secondly, to show you how he sees you. The second group of people is those who limit God. You've put God in a box. Maybe just in a certain season of life, maybe for years. Maybe you've never known God outside of a box. But you don't have to know God in a box anymore. It's okay to be a little uncomfortable with just how limitless God is. And I can promise you that it'll be rewarding. So for you, I want you to ask God to show you how you limit him. To reveal to you in your heart what that limit might be. Maybe it's a fear. Maybe it's something else that challenges you. But if God reveals it to you, you can move past it. I just pray, um, I just invite you to open yourselves up to God and I'll just pray. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for who you are. Lord, you are just so full of awe. Lord, you are so inspiring. God, to know someone that can do immeasurably more than we could ever dream or imagine. Some of us have some pretty fantastic imaginations, Lord. God, I just pray that you break off limits today, Lord. Lord, I pray that limits will just be destroyed in your name, Lord. That those that are bound will become boundless. That those that are limited, Lord, will become limitless. Lord, that those that are restricted will become unrestricted and unrestrained. God, I just pray that you set fire in our hearts today, Lord passion and a stirring to know you greater, Lord. To know who we really are, Lord. Lord, I pray firstly for those of us that limit ourselves, God. Lord, you say that we are unlimited, Lord. Lord, I am your child. You say you are my child. I have not put a restraint or a boundary upon you. Lord, just reveal to us today how we limit you, Lord. And I just pray that as you do, that just be broken off, Lord. That doesn't have to stick anymore, Lord. We can be free. We can be who you want us to be, Lord. We can do immeasurably more than we ever imagined. Lord, I also pray today for those of us who limit you. 
Lord, it's really easy to want to be comfortable with who you are, Lord. Lord, it's really easy to want to see you in a way that we can control you, Lord. But your beauty is in your unlimitedness. Your beauty and your power, Lord, is in who you truly are. So I just pray, Lord, that you reveal to us how we limit you. And Lord, that you break that off. That you begin to show us your true face, Lord. All the glory, all the unlimitedness, Lord. And I just pray that that will just open a new realm of relating to you and a new realm in the spiritual, Lord. A new realm in your presence, Lord. A new realm in your kingdom. powerful message hey you know sometimes I think when there's been a powerful message we need to react in a powerful way and I'm going to give you an action homework for this week because no doubt we're going to face some limits potentially this week or no doubt we're going to think we've got a limiting God but you know the power of the cross is this that things are broken and I love, the, I love the picture of the cross because let's all spread our arms out wide. That's who Jesus is to us in every single situation. It is finished. It is broken. That is the power of the cross. Those same arms that you are spreading declare freedom. You are free to fly. Because God desires to use every single part of who you are. I want this to be your declaration this week, that the moment that those limiting thoughts come, stand up, spread your arms wide and go, no, the power of the cross is this and I am free. Do it in every situation you need to. Go hide in the bathroom if you have to, if you're in a public place. But whatever it takes, physical declaration, remind your heart, your head, what your heart says. Is that the right way around? Anyway, just remind yourself who Jesus is and who He declared you to be. It was such an awesome message, Aaron. I think you did so well. Well done. As Jay was actually speaking, I was just thinking, God, just put on my heart. Um, I don't know if any of you have heard of Louis Giglio, but he's got a video, and I don't remember the exact specifications, but he looks at how the human makeup is and basically the little piece that holds us together are shaped like crosses. And I just think maybe some of you need to hear that today. It's the cross that's holding you together. This has been a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thanks for listening.